Bleed Tech Blue Radio BC, Ben Carlisle, publisher, bleedtechblue.com. Coming to you on this sunny Wednesday afternoon, February 15th from Ruston, Louisiana. Uh, of course, season 15 of Bleed Tech Blue Radio uh, wrapped up on Sports Talk 97.7 uh, on last Tuesday, February the 7th. But uh, one new thing that we're trying to uh, get into a little bit more often uh, in the off season for Bleed Tech Blue Radio is to podcast more uh, to continue keeping you, the listener, informed on all things Louisiana Tech Athletics. So a, a little bit of insight as far as what our goal is. Obviously, Louisiana Tech, uh, from a men and women's basketball standpoint, uh, they, they are got six games, I believe, remaining in the regular season. Uh, conference tournament plays right around the corner. Diamond Dogs, Lane Burroughs getting set to start up his seventh season as the skipper here in Ruston on Friday night with BYU. So we're going to try to come to you every other week, uh, somewhere around in there, maybe every week, uh, and keep you informed on all things Louisiana Tech Athletics and share some of our thoughts uh, to help you during this time. And then, of course, football as well will start up in the middle of March with uh, spring practice. It'll coincide on uh, with the spring game on April the 22nd. Uh, I know Sonny Cumbie and his staff are excited uh, to put a new product on the field for 2023. And of course, they start putting that together uh, in the middle of March with the start of spring practice. So uh, since we last came to you last Tuesday night, final episode of Bleed Tech Blue Radio, um, a, lot been go- a lot has been going on. We'll take a look back uh, right here off the top. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about men and women's basketball. Uh, I'll start with the women. Uh, Brooks Doors squad coming back home. Haven't been playing the best of basketball. Uh, been a little bit up and down. Anna Laura Robertson's been in and out of the lineup. I think uh, prior to last week, she'd only played two and a quarter uh, in terms of conference games. She was returned to the lineup against FIU and FAU last week. Uh, Texters beat FIU 76-65 on Thursday. Come back again on Saturday with another double-digit win over FAU 68-56. Uh, they moved to 14-10 and overall, 7-7 seven and seven in conference play. Uh, kind of get that feeling that, that Brooks getting the squad, kind of going in the direction that they – uh, have kind of anticipated throughout the year. Uh, now that they're getting a little bit healthier, we know how good Kiana Walker is. We know how much Salma Bates means to this roster. Uh, and, and so now that you get Analar back inside, uh, I would think that Brooks' squad ha- has a chance to really take off here over the next uh, six regular season games before the Conference USA Tournament. Uh, you look at their schedule for this week, Lady Texas be on the road at North Texas. I believe they uh, defeated the the Mean Green by 15 in the Thomas Assembly Center earlier this year. Uh, they'll play that game on Thursday before traveling to Charlotte on Saturday. Not an easy road trip by any means. Uh, it's a tech te- team that lost to Charlotte earlier this year, so uh, they'll look to avenge that loss on Saturday afternoon. Shifting over to the men, uh, wasn't a great week on the hardwood for Talvin Hester's squad. Falls 66-62 at FIU. Uh a game that Tech led by as many as 11 in the first half. Ultimately, kind of go cold from the outside. Turn the basketball over 23 times. Yes, you heard me correctly. 23 times. 
Thursday night down in Miami. I don't care who you're playing. You're not winning many basketball games, turning the basketball over 23 times. Kobe Williams had nine turnovers in that game. Uh, Isaiah Crawford had six turnovers. Uh, you know, you put all that together. Tech had a chance in the final minute. They were down three. Uh, Kobe ends up getting his fifth personal fouling out on a charge. Uh, you know, while he was trying to pass it back to Isaiah Crawford for an open three. Uh, like I said, Bulldogs ultimately fall 66-62. Fast forward Saturday afternoon, 23 and two FAU. Dusty May's done a tremendous job with that Al program. I thought it was Tech's best 40 minutes of the year, and I'm not going to sit here and say uh, that I'm all about moral victories. Obviously, I'm not, but to be able to do that on the road, back end, back end of a tough loss Thursday night, uh, you fall 90 to 85 in overtime, but same time you're tied throughout the first half, 41-41 at the break. FAU hits you on a run in the middle of the second half. They go up 15 at the under eight timeout. You battle all the way back, send that game to overtime, ultimately fall by five. Is what it is, but I was really impressed with some of the toughness uh, that really Talvin Hester wants to establish uh, within his program. Isaiah Crawford was tremendous. 25 points, nine rebounds. Uh, I think he had four steals as well. I think Kobe Williams had 20 of his own. Uh, I think the big thing, Kobe Williams, and we kind of hear Talvin Hester talk a lot about it, he wants... Kobe to be selectively aggressive. He wants him to get his teammates involved, but at the same time, make good decisions. And I think we saw a lot of that on Saturday afternoon. Uh, and I think that's why you saw Louisiana Tech score 85 points in a game like against a quality opponent in FAU. Keiston Willis returned. Really, I know he played seven minutes against FIU. He really returned to that lineup Saturday afternoon, played a team high 43 minutes. Uh, scored 18 points, 7 of 12 from the field. Uh, good to get him back. Hopefully he can continue shooting the basketball uh, at the rate he did in that one. The Duncan Dogs now 13 and 12 overall, 6 and 8 in Conference USA play. Uh, six regular season games remaining for both the men and the women. Conference USA tournament March 8th through the 11th in Frisco, Texas, uh, which we've seen over the last number of years. Top five teams do get a bye into the quarterfinals. All 11 teams within the league uh, do make the conference tournament this year, so that's important to note as well. Uh, regardless of how the regular season ends, both Louisiana Tech's men and women uh, will find themselves in Frisco uh, March 8th through the 11th. So looking ahead, I mentioned we would talk a little bit about Louisiana Tech baseball. Uh this is probably the program that's kind of carrying Tech Athletics over uh, the last you know, two to three years. Tremendously high expectations entering 2023. Looking back at 2022, Tech goes 43-21. Conference USA Tournament Champions, first time in program history. Go to the Austin Regional, second consecutive year. Uh, Louisiana Tech has found itself in an NCAA Regional uh, third time the Bulldogs have been in a regional dating back to 2016. Uh, so a really tremendous year overall. Uh, obviously looking to get over that hump, not just get to a regional, potentially win a regional, get to a super regional. Uh, then you're just two wins away from advancing to Omaha. Uh, you look at some of the pieces from that team, Ryan Jennings, Taylor Young, Kyle Krigger, Cade Gibson, all selected uh, in the top 10 rounds of the MLB draft. That's the first time. 
uh, in program history to have that many players, four players selected in the top ten rounds of the MLB draft. So a tremendous year going back to 2022. How do you build on it going forward? That's what we're about to find out Friday night when BYU comes to town to kick off the 2023 season. Lane Burroughs entering year seven as the skipper of the Diamond Dogs, 205 and 111 in his first six years. Obviously, uh, the 2020 season didn't play a whole lot of games due to COVID. Two regional appearances, looking at his staff, Mitch Gaspard, Cooper Fouts, Matt Miller, they all return as assistant coaches in 2023. Now, What's the schedule look like here in 2023? 32 home games, 24 road games. Tremendous opportunity for Louisiana Tech fans to get an opportunity to fill up the love shack night in, night out, Friday night, Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon, midweek contest, no matter when it is. 32 home games that will be played in Russell. Really, really tough schedule that Lane Burroughs has put together. I mentioned BYU coming to town Friday night. That's a Friday, doubleheader Saturday, off day Sunday, conclude the four-game series on Monday. Uh, rest of the non-conference schedule includes a trip to Ole Miss, the defending national champions, champions, uh, Northwestern from the Big Ten, the Wildcats, they'll come to Ruston, uh, I believe, in the third week of the non-conference slate. Uh, Tech in the fourth week of the non-conference state will take a three-game series trip to Fayetteville to take on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Dave Van Horn does a tremendous job with that program. Uh, Air Force knocked Louisiana Tech out of the Austin Regional a season ago. They'll come to Louisiana Tech for a two-game midweek series. That should be really intriguing. Southern Miss home and home with the Golden Eagles. They chose to go to the Sun Belt. Hey, we're not going to be too mad at them. Uh, Not the smartest cookies in the jar over there in Hattiesburg by any stretch of the imagination, but really good uh, home-and-home with the Golden Eagles in the non-conference slate. Obviously got the non-conference slate or non-conference games with ULL. That's a home-and-away as well. Obviously brings a lot of intrigue year in and year out. Looking at the conference schedule, a little bit different this year with only nine teams Uh, or 10 teams in Conference USA. So you play 30 conference games. There's only nine opponents. How do you get to 30 games? You'll play your travel partner both home and away. Who is Louisiana Tech's travel partner? Oh, yeah, DBU, Dallas Baptist Perennial Power, uh, coming to the conference for the first time in 2023. Uh, So that'll be Tech will play Dallas Baptist in two separate conference series. Also get an opportunity to square off UTSA, Charlotte, Uh, Both of those conference series will be at home. Uh, We'll have a road trip to FAU, uh, which, you know, we're all familiar with the Owls. Really good program that they have down there in Boca. What does this roster look like for Louisiana Tech? 13 freshmen, redshirt freshmen, 9 sophomores, redshirt sophomores, 15 juniors, redshirt juniors, 5 seniors, and redshirt seniors. Now, some of those seniors, a little bit older. Jonathan Fincher, been around a little while. Phil Matulia's been around a little while. Uh, Landon Tompkins back as well. So uh, the, the ex- seniors that are on this roster are extremely seasoned uh, and should be ready to help Louisiana Tech replace the loss of a Taylor Young, to replace the loss uh, of a Steel Netterville, two key fixtures in that lineup 
uh, for the last couple of years. How, you know, you got to replace Ryan Jennings. You got to replace Cade Gibson. Never easy to replace a guy like Kyle Krieger. The last three outs of a ball game is the hardest outs to get, regardless of score. So, uh, looking at some of the returners for this team. Jonathan Fincher, I mentioned him earlier. He's back. He'll anchor that rotation on Friday nights. Uh, he was 8-2 a season ago, led the staff in wins, 3.52 ERA. Uh, really good year, I would say, to Jonathan Fincher's standards, probably not where he necessarily wanted to be. Uh, but he'll look to bounce back in a sense. I know D1 Baseball also, uh, the Conference USA coaches uh, voted Fincher the preseason conference pitcher of the year. So high expectations for the sixth-year senior, uh, like I said, and he'll anchor that rotation on Friday nights. Other key returners for the Bulldogs this year. On the mound, uh, Landon Tompkins, he's back. Senior, experienced reliever, 24 games a year ago, 3.45 ERA. What does Tompkins need? He needs to be the anchor at the back end of the bullpen. Elite velocity, he'll be up to 96, 97. Can he pound the strike zone with, with an, and limit his walks and allow his stuff to play up? Greg Martinez, this is his time to shine. Greg Martinez has been in this program for four years now. He's, he's a redshirt junior, throw in the COVID year, out of the state of Florida, uh, three and one a year ago, saw action and or saw 56 innings on the mound. He's pitching some big games in his career now. You go back to 2021, that regional, Tech was up four nothing, I believe, in the fifth inning against North North Carolina State. Martinez was on the bump. He's got the talent to be really good. He's been up to 99, possibly 100 on the radar gun. He'll be in there on Saturdays as a start starting pitcher. This is his year. Time to step up, Greg Martinez. Ryan Harlan, freshman All-American a year ago, kind of came out of nowhere, not a, not well known, uh, in, or from the fall into the spring. Those 19 games, 3.21 ERA. What will his role be? I think it'll be similar, a spot start guy. Maybe he gives you two to three innings at a time. He's a strike thrower. Only walks six guys in 42 innings a season ago. So those are your key returners on the mound. Jonathan Fincher, Landon Tompkins, Greg Martinez, Ryan Harlan. They'll have to anchor this uh, tech pitching staff. From a lineup standpoint, this lineup's going to be fun. Let's look at the returners. Cole McConnell, 336 a season ago, nine homers, 76 RBIs. I think he set the tech single season record with 76 RBIs. And guess what? Wasn't named preseason All-Conference USA. It's criminal. It is what it is. Great motivation coming into 2023. George Corona's back, hit 280, 16 bombs a season ago. I think he's the obviously the best catcher in Conference USA. I think he's a top three catcher in the country. He's truly an All-American. He threw out 51% of base stealers a season ago. Logan McLeod's back, hit 280 a season ago, had a 410 on base percentage, led the team with 18 hit by pitches. Conference USA Defensive Player of the Year at third base. He'll slide over to shortstop this year. Kind of interesting. Go back to 2021, Taylor Young, he was the preseason conference, or he was the Conference USA Defensive Player of the Year at second base for 2022. He slides to shortstop. Same thing this year. McLeod, Defensive Player of the Year in 2022 at third base. He'll slide to shortstop. Incredibly unselfish by both of those players. Need Logan McLeod. Darius Myers is back as well. 270 a year ago. Uh, had an 803 OPS, four homers, 29 RBIs. Huge honor for Darius Myers. Name a team captain 
just a couple of weeks ago. Philip Matulia back as well. Uh, had a really, uh, I would say, up and down year. He finished really strong in the regional. Uh, ended up hitting 252 for the year. Nine homers, 44 RBIs. He'll be a key cog. Uh, in the middle of that tech lineup, there's no denying that. So those are some of your key returners. Walker Birchfield's back as well. Had a 751 OPS and uh, around 120 at-bats a season ago. He'll be a guy that probably comes off the bench at times, provides you with some really quality at-bats against left-handed pitching. Now, who are some of the newcomers to watch on this roster? Uh, let's start with the pitching staff. Raleigh Hector, right-handed pitcher, transfer, Texas A&M. Uh, need him to be a guy. He's going to get the opportunity uh, in some of the midweeks, or excuse me, not the midweeks, Sunday starter early in the year. He's a younger guy, has a lot of experience on Team USA uh, throughout his high school career. Really, really talented. He's a strike thrower, and Tech needs him to be a guy. You look at the starting rotation for Louisiana Tech, Jonathan Fincher, Greg Martinez, Raleigh Hector, all of those guys, you know, Obviously, Fincher has a lot of experience. Martinez and Hector have to be really good if Louisiana Tech can get to where it wants to get to, and they believe that they have that talent. Some other newcomers, some names to know, Grant Hupka, Juco transfer out of Iowa Western, Reed Smith, Juco transfer out of Tyler Junior College, Alex Sparks transfer from Meridian Community College, Jacob Havern uh, is a Round Round Rock, Texas High school arm, Justin Williams, Heinz Community College, right-handed pitcher, has some real velo as well. Um, so th- th- those are some of your newcomers to know. Uh, a-, a lot of guys from the right side in that pitching staff. Ryan Harlan's really your lone left-hander down in that bullpen. Maybe a guy like Caden Copeland, uh, now that he's in his second or third year within the program, can kind of step up and provide you with some additional innings. All right, looking at the key additions from a position player standpoint. Brody Drost, transfer outfielder from LSU. Let me tell you about Brody Drost. Light tower power. Light tower power. Really good hitter. Could hit over 300. Could hit double-digit home runs. Was slowed a little bit by an injury in the fall. He'll be ready to go this spring. Don't know if he'll be in there opening night, but he'll definitely can. Uh, he'll definitely contribute to this team. Really good left-handed hitter. Will Safford, another really good left-handed hitter. Transfer from LSU. He'll be in there at second base. Surprising power. Ethan Bates, started his career at Arkansas, hit over 300 both falls. Decided to go to a junior college this past season. Hit really well. He'll start at third base. He'll also potentially close games out on the mound. Can run the fastball up in the mid-90s. Dalton Davis, first baseman, Tyler Junior College transfer. He rakes. He's going to hit the three-hole and open at night. That's all you need to know. Finally, Jonathan Hogart, Juco transfer from Wabash Valley uh, Community College. 6'2", 215 pounds, can really, can really run, can really play out there in the outfield, probably plays right field, uh, and then he'll be your leadoff hitter as well. So a, a lot of really fun pieces when you look at some of the returners, you look at some of the additions, uh, as far as freshmen go, I don't know how many freshmen you'll truly see contribute, especially early in the year. Carson Evans uh, out of Taylorsville, Mississippi, had a nice fall, has had a nice spring. Colton Hegwood's a redshirt freshman. Jeffrey Entz, uh, a redshirt freshman. So th- there's a number of different names you could look to 
as far as younger players. But I think early on in the year, a lot of these veterans are going to have an opportunity to show that they belong. Uh, what are some keys to success for this Tech team as they enter the 2023 season? I think first thing, I mentioned earlier, the starting rotation needs to be, uh, I'm not going to say dominant. I, I think they need to be give you five, six innings on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Obviously, you're not going to get it every weekend, but those three guys, they got to be as advertised. Greg Martinez, Raleigh Hector, uh, they have the talent. They got to go out there and prove it. Middle relief is probably the biggest question mark on a pit on the pitching staff. Is that a surprise? Every pitching staff in the country has issues in the middle relief. They, it's going to take Tech 10, 15, 20 games to kind of get some of those things ironed out as far as their go-to guys in the middle. And then can Landon Tompkins, Ethan Bates, Justin Williams close things down late? The depth on this team I think is probably uh, the most important Impressive aspect of it. There's probably 13, 14, 15 hitters that could start for a number of programs across the country. It's a challenge for Lane Burroughs and his staff uh, to be able to balance getting guys at bats, keeping guys happy, and, and, and letting those guys know that they are contributors week in and week out, keeping those guys in a rhythm as well, uh, which is not always easy when you're in and out of the lineup as a reserve. So the depth on this team is really impressive, especially from a lineup perspective. Need the pitching staff to kind of gel. There's more talent on the pitching staff than we've ever seen at Louisiana Tech, but some of those guys have to really settle into their roles uh, as we get into the middle portion of the year into conference play. What, What are my expectations for the 2023 season? Obviously a regional. I think that's become the expectation within this program. I think this team has the talent to host a regional. I think this team has the talent to go to a super regional. It takes some luck to get there. There is zero denying that. But this team is talented enough to really make a run and make some noise in conference play. Like I said, all starts up Friday night. BYU comes to town, 6 p.m. first pitch. Jonathan Fincher on the bump for the Diamond Dogs should be a capacity crowd at Joe I Stadium, or excuse Joe I Stadium, at the Love Shack, JC Love Field. Uh, if you get an opportunity, if you don't get an opportunity, you can tune in on CUSA TV as well. Real quick before we get out of here, I want to mention uh, Josh Taylor, his Louisiana Tech Lady Texter softball team. Got their 2023 season underway with a three-game sweep of Southeast Missouri, uh, 4-0, 8-0, 6-1. So outscore your opponent 18-1 on the weekend. Got to be happy with that. They'll travel to Southeastern uh, tonight uh, for a midweek contest with the Lady Lions before heading to the Mardi Gras Mambo in Youngsville, Louisiana this weekend where they'll face off with Toledo, Manhattan, St. Thomas, Florida A&M, and Gardner-Webb. So we'll keep our eyes on Louisiana Tech softball team as well. So uh, a lot going on in Louisiana Tech athletics. Of course, you can join us, bleedtechblue.com, just $9.95 a month. Uh, we'll have you covered, whether it's Dunkin' Dog basketball, Lady Texter basketball, Diamond Dogs baseball, Lady Texter softball, a lot going on. Uh, with Sonny Cumbie in the football program as well. We mentioned that the start of spring practice is around one month away, uh, and we'll continue coming to you. Uh, If it's not every week, it'll be every other week with the Bleed Tech Blue podcast, and I appreciate you joining me. 
this afternoon. Of course, I'm Ben Carlisle, publisher of BleedTechBlue.com. We'll see you.